0: Welcome to Coming Out Stories. I'm Emma Goldswell, I'm your host, and the podcast is brought to you from What Goes On Media. We're proud to bring you real people from the LGBTQ plus community every two weeks who are happy to share intimate conversations and talk about their lives and their journeys. This episode, you'll meet Lucy. She's a trans woman who waited 40 years to become the woman she always knew she was.
1: When I was about, say, five, I think about five years old, I used to love playing in like your makeup and perfume and your know, mum's shoes and dresses and such like.
0: Did she mind?
1: A lot of it she didn't know about. Uh. And I, I got caught one day. As you always tell children, oh, you know, uh, children are meant to tell the truth all the time, you behave, you know, such like. So I turn around and says, this is. What are you doing in your mom's clothing and makeup? Do you know how much it costs? Well, at the time, you know, a five year old's not going to know how much makeup and perfume costs. You know I mean? Yeah, hell, I know how much it costs these days because I buy an absolute ton of it. My dad turned around and went absolutely nuts and he's like, What the hell do you think you're doing? You know, do you know that this is your mom's stuff? You're meant to be playing with your know, like action man and such like, because I'm a, a mid 70 child. I was 70. For, it was 74 when I was born. So, you know, you're meant to be playing with Action Man and all sort of boy stuff. And I was just like, I don't want to, though. I want to be who is me, the girl I am. It's says, starting like a boy. It's like, I'm not a boy. I'm a girl. And he says, I'm not having no gay child in my house. You know, and this is what I've been thinking more recently. It's like, how dare you say that to a five-year-old child and scar them for life? That's basically cutting my wings before i even started in life, you know.
0: But it shows a certain level of ignorance, doesn't it, on his behalf, without well, being rude to your parents? Yes. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of not understanding the difference between sexuality and gender, for a start.
1: Exactly. Plus, the other thing was I got brought up in a working class town. Whereabouts? Uh, Barrow in Furnace.
0: Barrow in Furnace. Yes, I know it well, on the Cumbrian coast
1: yeah so it's it wasn't kind of the best place to be brought up as being somebody who's lgbt everybody knows what everybody's doing when everybody's doing it and such like so then basically i went back into myself and went back into the closet and i just hid myself for so many years and it's just like every now and again i catch myself you know, wanting such as my little pony and playing with my sister's my little pony and thinking, yay, this is fab, I love my little pony. <laughs> you know. I remember wanting your pink is it pink Rara skirts?
0: Oh, in the eighties, yes. Yeah. So they were only in fashion for about a year, I think, weren't they? So yeah. So I'm thinking this would have been about nineteen eighty two, forward slash three, that they were in fashion.
1: Yeah. And I was just like, wow, I want I want the the pink top to go pink strappy top to go with it oh. you know everything that resembles me but then i don't know what happened we moved house and my family took me to a like a psychiatrist they said there's something wrong with you we need to get you sorted we need to get you looked
0: at why were they saying that do you think did they give you a reason
1: they said i was a difficult child
0: Right. So this wasn't anything to do with your your sort of behaviour around gender?
1: I don't know, to be honest, at the time, because, you know, a lot of things have started coming back to me over the last 10, 15 years. You know, you know, my dad at one point had two gay friends. A lot of different things have started to kind of question, your such as, you know, why they were like that towards me. But, yeah, they took, they took me to see the psychiatrist. I was incriminated by my so-called family. They were like, you know, oh, this has happened, that's happened, this has happened. There's bullying going on then.
0: So, what, hang on, they were in the sessions with the psychiatrist?
1: There was me, my sibling, my parents, and the psychiatrist all in one
0: room. Oh, so it's family therapy then?
1: Yeah. And I, I was classed as the like the kind of black sheep, if you get me. There's something wrong with him. We need to get him sorted. Blah blah blah. So I went away, I went along with it because four on four on to one, you haven't really got a lot of chance of coming out of that. Wonderfully.
0: Well, no. And, and what age were you at this point, Lucy?
1: I would have been eleven,
0: twelve.
1: Right. I didn't turn around and say, yeah, oh hey, I'm a girl, you know, because I would just pop you know, more fuel to the fire. It's just like, there's things that sometimes you think best keep... I mean, back in the 80s, it was a difficult time anyway mm. for anybody who's LGBT. But, you know, to turn around and say that to somebody who you don't know, it would have been even worse.
0: So you really kept your Id- your, your gender identity hidden, I guess, yeah. from your family and from the psychiatrist because yeah. you just didn't want to be, be othered and told you were wrong, I guess.
1: Yeah. And then they sent me. They sent me away to uh, a place in Lancaster called um, Lancaster Moor Children's Unit because they thought something. Something was still wrong. I would just try to be me. I would just try to be the girl I was.
0: So this was a children's home that they sent you to. It was like a
1: children's home, yeah, like a, a residential uh, home.
0: Well, I don't know. Is was it a medical institution or was it uh, was it a school? I so thought it
1: was for. Uh, say disturbed they said disturbed children
0: right so you had radical regular medical help and psychiatric sessions or, or yeah. what happened
1: six six months later I wound up back in Barrow again because originally they when the one of the family meetings was they turned around and said oh we want such and such a body to stay in Lancaster because you." are because he doesn't adapt well moving from place to place. The the children's unit turned around and says, well, we think he'd be better being back with his own family. Mm. Unfortunately, I ended up back in Barrow, which was not the best thing. Then I started paying more attention to girls around 14, 15, and clothing and makeup and hair. And thinking, wow, you know, why can't I have hair like that? Why can't I wear the clothes like that? Why can't I have the dresses like that? But it was all kept inside me. And I think it would have been around my 16th birthday. I had a a racing bike and I rode to town on it one day. And there used to be an old catalog shop called Hitchin's. And I'd gone in and I knew where kind of all the hi-fi stuff was. So I was just like, yeah, yeah." if anybody sees me, I can just say, I'm just looking at a stereo and trying (laughs) to get away with it and pull it off.
0: But you weren't there to look at stereos, I'm going to guess.
1: No, I'd already seen what I wanted to see. Uh, So I went back another time, hoping what what I'd seen was still there. And it was, I can remember the colour and I can remember what it was. It was a long cocktail dress with puff sleeves, puff sleeved arms. Wow. But the puff sleeve arms, they were kind of off the shoulder, if you get me.
0: Mm. Oh, it sounds very dynasty, Lucy. Actually, yeah, that, that's, 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 the, that's
1: the word I'm thinking. Yeah. Very, very dynasty. It was in um, what I can only describe as a cobalt blue colour. Yeah, I was I was quite skinny at the time. I I just kept looking around, looking really bad. You know, because I didn't know the time. Um, I found the women's changing room, and I was like, "I wonder if I can just pop in change room, try it on, and come out." Oh my god! I tried it on, and for that split second, I felt an absolute million fucking bucks. I was just like,
0: "I'm here. I've arrived. I'm here." Amazing! And was was anyone in the changing room? Did anyone see you? No,
1: nobody was in the changing room.
0: Mm.
1: But then I also got uh, something I didn't know about at the time, and that was dysphoria. And I never knew about dysphoria at the time. I took another look back in the mirror. I was just like, dysphoria really kicked in at me. I was just like, you look stupid, get off. This is horrible, I can't stand it. It's not me. So then I went kind of back into hiding.
0: I'm guessing you didn't buy the dress then?
1: No. Went back into hiding, left school.
0: So just before we get to you leaving school, were there any other issues at school? Was there was there any bullying? Did people identify the fact that you were acting maybe effeminately or just not in the gender they thought you should be acting?
1: There was one girl uh, I remember... <laughs> <laughs> it calls me to this day. I can't I can't remember her name for life me, but I do remember her.
0: Probably for the best.
1: Yeah. And um, she turned around and she says, I think she I think she can't caught me staring at a bra. <laughs> and she says, what is it? Jump to go on and get a bra and put it on your arm I thought back in my mind I was like, oh yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I dared not turn around and say it in the middle of the class. I was just like, no, no, no. There's just some things I just dared not do. Mm.
0: But did the boys say anything to you? Did they? Were you, were, did no. you have did you have friends?
1: Not a lot of friends at uh, secondary school. Se- secondary school wasn't a, a good place for me. I was. I just wanted to kind of be left alone and to get on with things. I left school and I've had a few jobs. And now, to think about it, Some of the jobs, you know, how did I even do them? You know, uh, my first job was working in a garage. I mean, now when I look at myself, I have long nails. (laughs) (laughs) I have clean hands. I love perfume. I love makeup. I love my hair. It's completely the opposite to kind of how I was at the time.
0: So you had your overalls and your, your, your oily overalls on and were mucking in, yeah. and yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hmm. So it's kind of early 90s. Places are closing down due to recession and such like. I went to work on a side. The side, I, I enjoyed working on the side, which is accident repair. It was good. It was something I had a passion for. Um, but unfortunately, they went into debt and they got shut down as well, which was a real shame. I went, then went and worked in as a driver for funeral directors.
0: And all this time were you living at home or had you moved out of home by this stage?
1: I was living at home at this stage. I think a year later I'd moved out, moved out, kicked out, whatever you want to call it. You know,
0: well, I yeah, don't know. You tell me. Did, did was it a um, decision to move out? It, or
1: it was, well, it was kind of a bit of both, to be honest, because my social parents wanted me out and uh, I kind of had enough. And I was just like, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm getting out. I need my own space. So, yeah, you know, it was kind of a mutual decision.
0: But uh, did you have any support from your siblings? You mentioned a sister before. Was there anyone else? Did they support you? Did you get on well with them?
1: I did and I didn't. She she had her moments where she could be so, so nice and yet so, so nasty just two seconds later. Hmm.
0: Well, she was probably a teenager as well with hormones flying everywhere just to defend her slightly.
1: Yeah, she was. She'd been been 15, 16 by the time I left left home. So I went to live somewhere for like eight months and I was trying to get a job so I could go, so I could leave Barrow and finally say, I'm done, I'm out, no more. I'm gone, I can live live as me. Um, I got a job in a place called Poynton, which is in Cheshire. Oh yeah, I moved to Macclesfield and I moved in with one of my best friends. Um, I've known this friend, oh my god, how many years? We've been we've been friends since secondary school. And we're still friends today.
0: Oh, fantastic! So you did have a good friend through school then?
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he was just kind. Of, there, there wasn't many people that. But I mean, I've even spoken to him, and he said he was uh, quite shy, quite feminine. Your, know. he said he didn't see the signs in me because he's probably more uh, bothered about himself and keep himself safe and then I understand that I moved in with him still working in a garage um, I'd gone back to garage work I, I found something I was confident in doing I knew I could do it but they were having problems with money struggles and I was just like do I wait for them to turn around and say you're made redundant or do I get out now and my looking on it was, I get out now and I go back to college. While I was back at college, I started going to such places like um, Gap. In the middle of finding Gap, I also found Lucenza lingerie. And I started buying, you know, nice clothing that I could you know wear in my bedroom, you know, such as nice pretty thongs, a nice cami, a nice pair of uh, cami shorts. You know, things that could work bed and feel me. All this while, my, my friend never knew squat about it. He never knew anything.
0: So you were still too scared to come out, really. And by this stage, I'm guessing you would have been, like, early 20s, maybe?
1: I was early to mid-20s. Hmm. It was a scary time, you know. It's just I didn't know how to turn around and say to my friend, oh, by the way, I'm a lesbian, you know, or hey, I'm trans, because... I still wasn't understanding what was going, what was going in my own head, what was going on in my own body.
0: And at this time, did you know any trans people? Did you understand the word trans? Did you have any role models? Did you know what you were?
1: No, I didn't have any. I didn't have any role models. I didn't understand the word trans.
0: Right.
1: I hadn't met a trans person at the time.
0: And you'd gone through all of this without talking to anybody about it, really. Yeah. Quite
1: strong. I actually went through hell. When I told my friend, oh, how long on my part here, I said, did you not know? And he's like, no. I says, I never saw any of your female clothes. I says, you wouldn't. I says, because when we lived together, I used to do my washing. When you'd gone out with your girlfriend, I used to dry all my washing, take it back to my room, and you never knew any different. I found it a way of keeping me safe.
0: So you really weren't ready to talk to anybody then, were you, if you couldn't tell, tell your flatmate? No, your closest friend, yeah.
1: I mean, the nearest I came to a gay lesbian bar was called, I think it was called the Ambrose in Macclesfield. And everybody's like, oh, no, you don't go there unless you're gay, blah, blah, blah. I just thought, well, I can't be gay, you know. So I just didn't go in, I just avoided the place. I mean, although I did some stupid things in Macclesfield,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, coming out of a club and pulling a moony at somebody, you know, but hey, there you go. Uh... <laughs>
0: But you knew that you were attracted to women, so you weren't oh, thinking, yeah. you were, you knew that you weren't a gay man, you were just were confused as to what you were, I guess.
1: Yeah, I met up with a girlfriend who I was with for, uh, say, four years. and I moved from Macclesfield to Northwich, back to Macclesfield, then to Gloucester.
0: So you did have girlfriends during this time? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, ha- I had
1: girlfriends, yeah. Even then, there's a lot of things that are still hidden. I'm not gonna go into what happened with girlfriends, but there's still a lot of stuff hidden. And then in 2015, I got together with somebody. This is the turning point for me. 2015 was a turning point. I got together with somebody who lived in Liverpool. So I was travelling back and forth on the train to Liverpool. We actually got engaged. And then come the January of 2016 she turned around and she says she didn't know that I was gay but she knew i was quite feminine you know because i was using mascara and she knew i was wearing such a perfume you know we discussed about getting married and says well she says let's go to vegas and get married and i was just like i was all on board i was just like yeah let's do it let's really do it let's go to vegas let's get married and i got my money together and I says right pass me your account number I'll drop the money in your serial account. So there's like kind of my my chef, the airfare and hotel and whatnot. And we'll get it done up there. She turned around and she went, Weather, I've got something to ask. I've got something to to you. She says, I've been looking at me and you. And she says, I can't marry a man like you. And that was that. That was just, that was the end of it.
0: And did she give a reason?
1: No, she just said, I can't marry a man like you. And that was the point when I decided, right, okay, I have to make the decision which way I'm going for the rest of my life. I can either go the way I am or I can go the other way. So I kind of got to a crossroads, if you get me. Yeah. I can go the other way and try and be the girl who I was meant to be from birth. I chose to go the other way and to be the girl I was meant to be from birth. You know what? That was the best thing in my life I'd done ever. Yeah, passed me driving tests and I've moved around. But coming out and choosing the other road, that was something completely different.
0: So who was the first person you came out to then? So who was the first person you told?
1: I think I started coming out to your people who I knew. But the significant one I can remember coming out to was my adopted mum. I just I just sat down one day, you know, she's like, let's meet up for lunch. Like, yeah, okay.
0: So when you say you've adopted mom, this is an official adopt, someone adopted you or just someone that you you decided was going to be your chosen mother?
1: My, my chosen mother. But she, she may as well be like an official one because she gives me all the things that I never got brought up with. She gives me unconditional love, unconditional support, encouragement. Yeah, she bolts me when I screw up. But, you know, hey, it's part of life, isn't it? My chosen mum is a significant one I can remember coming out to.
0: So what happened?
1: We'd gone to Marks and Spencer for something to eat. And then we did a bit of shopping. And then we went to River Island and I bought some clothes. And I said, what do you think of this? And she went,
0: oh, that's nice. I was just like, yay. (laughs) And I'm guessing these weren't male clothes then? No,
1: definitely not. Big long kimonos that nearly drag on the floor behind me. Yeah, that I still have to this day. And I still love it. And then after a while, what I did was I put a Facebook status up. I thought this is either got to go one or two ways. I'm gonna lose all my friends. Gosh. Or I'm gonna get a heck of a lot of support. And yeah, I lost I lost some friends, but what what from the people I lost, I realized that. Then they they weren't friends anyway. So what did you say? What did you say at the post? One of the posts was, Hey, I'm changing my name from this to this. Uh, somebody says, Oh yeah, what again? You know, everybody changes their name on Facebook says, No, I'm doing it. You know, seriously, I'm changing my name, changing who I am. And I says, Don't worry, guys, you don't have to be worried. I'm not coming after you. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> and what was the reaction? people like oh my god but then saying that i got a lot of people saying congratulations
0: yeah
1: i was finally starting to come out to be me i mean i'd already been wearing things i could get away like feminine t-shirts feminine trousers uh called bench they were combat trousers but you you could almost swear you know if you didn't know they were male but i was trying everything to come across as the woman i am
0: so uh, did you have a conversation then with your chosen mother and actually you know say the words that i am trans and i'm going to live as a woman
1: i, ju- I just turned around and says your mum I-, I want to have a talk to you and she went okay in my mind i was working out which way it was got to go i was like he i have to go one way and she'll say congratulations and throw around on at me or oh, the other way and say get out of my house and i never want to see you again mm um she went the first place she said congratulations I said did you know she says I picked up on different things about you she says but I was waiting for you to tell me I didn't want to ask you and get it wrong and offend you
0: that must have felt pretty incredible
1: oh yeah I, I was on top of the world it was an amazing feeling it really was and um after that you know people who turn around ask me it's just like yeah I'm a lesbian you know after that, I went to the doctors and asked for referrals to gender clinics, went to gender clinics.
0: And that's a long uh, process, isn't
1: it? Oh, believe me, it is. Yeah, you know, I, I I do know that now. Uh, then I I had so many, they asked for a psychologist report, psychiatrist report,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so many different reports, and they all cleared me and I'm like, okay. And then last year... I've been cleared by everybody, but my weight wasn't right. So I had to get my weight down because otherwise they weren't going to do the surgery they needed to do. Mm. So I got that down. And then last year, I spent a bit of time with my friend who lives in Durham. Okay. I come off the hormones because last year they said, we have a date for you. You are coming to see us in April. Give me my surgery date. And two weeks before my surgery, it said, it's not happening because of uh, pandemic again. You know, I was like, wow, really? So that was a massive, massive crushing blow to me. Uh, I went into myself and I cried for, oh, two, three days easily.
0: So they cancelled your surgery because of COVID?
1: Yeah, because I was like, how much more do I have to go through to get my surgery? You know, I've jumped through every single goddamn fucking hoop to get here. And now because of stupid fucking COVID, I can't have my surgery. And then one day my friend turned around and she went, hey, Lucy, are you in? I was like, yeah. She says, right, this is what's going to happen. She says, me and the kids are coming down, we're coming to get you. You've been in our bubble since day one of the pandemic. And you're coming back to our house because we, th- we feel it's unfair that you are there in the middle of the pandemic on your own with nobody around you. It's like, okay. So I went back to that. Now, that's in Durham that was brilliant you know I was, I was being lifted out of like my dark place you know but like my darkest place hadn't hit me and my darkest place was still yet, still yet to come and that was in September October and that's when one of the health professionals phoned me and says are you ready for your surgery I was like and I was ready for cancelling it right there I was I was so ready for cancelling it because I was really intent on having a baby i want a baby oh right don't, don't get me wrong I, I still want a baby you know I, I really do i'm such a motherly woman you know i, I still want a baby but i was so intent i've done like loads of research on the internet you know and how long it takes you know, i thought right where I thought if i go and get my sperm find out if i stop my hormones now um Go to a, a clinic, get that looked at. Find out if it's you're know, viable. Then, while uh, somebody could be say pregnant with my child, I could be going through my surgery, healing, and getting myself better. And they they're like, no, no, that's not going to happen. And I had, oh my god, I had a really bad time. I spiraled. I spiraled out of control. I, I won't. I won't tell a lie. I really spiraled. I went into myself I mean to everybody else even to my friends I, I still had a happy smiling face but deep inside I was just screaming because what I wanted and I couldn't I couldn't do it and then the closer it got to my surgery they turned around and went we've got a date for you how are you fixed for December 1st just on the run up to December 1st they phoned me up I was with my friend I spoke I spoke to the lady again and she's so seemed decided what to Decide what you're doing. I was like, Yeah, let's do it. Let's get it done. I said, If you turn on to me now and I said I had to do the essay, I'd be there yesterday. And she went, Well, you're really serious about this. So I was like, Yeah, let's do this. Let's get this done. It's been 40 years plus that I've been in the wrong body. Now I want the right body.
0: Wow. So 40 years. What a journey. That's a long yep. time to wait for surgery and wait to be who you really want to be, doesn't it? So how does yep. it feel now? You know, so we are, ju- we are over a year on from that moment of having a surgery. How, how do you feel now? Well,
1: how do I feel now? Wow, amazing. <laughs> I couldn't be happier. You are know, all my clothes fit in the right place. <laughs> yes, I'm on HRT. Yes, no, I'll be on HRT for the rest of my life. But you know what? I couldn't be happier. I am me. I am the girl was meant to be. Do I have an attraction to women? Yes, I do that That will never change, you know i I love women, you know that's who I am, but yeah, I feel amazing i mean i don't have a girlfriend, but you yeah, know, hey, when the time's right,
0: exactly, no rush and no. have you Have you ever gone back and spoken to your fam to your you know biological family, your parents or your sister, and told them about who you are?
1: I did speak to them five or so years ago they they tried to change my mind, and they were why don't you try being androgynous? He says, what's that got to prove? He says, that's got to prove that I'm a bit between everything. I was like, no. it says, because if I turn around to you and says I'm androgynous, you will say, how about trying to be straight? I says, so I'm not playing that game. He says, mm-hmm. I'm me. I'm the woman who I am. I got your, my mother. Oh, she says, why don't you try having just top surgery and leaving the bottom? Males like really do you not know how biology works at all i was like why should i be a mixed match of both sexes? no so even five or so years ago they were still trying to change my mind to be somebody who they wanted rather than letting me be me
0: tough really tough so i guess you've gone yeah. on to find your own, yeah as you said you've gone on to find your own chosen mother and you've got your own friends haven't you and yeah probably i'm guessing couldn't be happier or haven't been Talk happier.
1: And these days, you know, everybody turns on to says to me, Listen, do you want to go shopping? I'd be like,
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a long old journey, hasn't it? Lasting over forty years to, to become the woman that you wanted to be. Definitely. Finally then, what piece of advice would you like to give to other people listening who, you know, might be earlier on in their in their trans journey or, or trying to set their sexuality or gender identity?
1: The one piece of advice I I would give them. It's the same piece of advice I give to my young self. Okay. You've got this. Believe in yourself. You can do this. Just come out when you feel it's safe to do so. Don't do like me. Don't hide yourself for 40 odd years.
0: I'm guessing you don't have regret, do you though, about doing it so late or do you wish you'd done it earlier? I mean, looking at,
1: looking at life now I wish I'd done it in my 20s. I really do. But I say back then life was different you know life was different in my 20s the world was different in my 20s wasn't it
0: you know you know they do say lucy life begins at 40 and i think that's definitely true in your case isn't it
1: definitely definitely
0: any last words of wisdom
1: just stay safe you know if you don't feel like coming out to people at the present don't do it just keep yourself safe be you
0: Thank you to Lucy for sharing her story. So life really began at 40 for Lucy. But in our next episode, you'll meet Grady, who waited even longer and didn't come out till he was in his 60s. By that time, he had grandchildren and he was working as a police chief in Kentucky. Unfortunately, though, he chose the wrong boyfriend to place his trust in.
1: He got really impatient with my progress or lack of progress you know, filing for divorce and all that sort of thing. And I felt like I needed to do it on my own and in
0: my own timing. So his impatience turned into anger and he decided he was going to uh, expedite the process for me. And so he decided he was
1: going to out me. Uh, So he utilized social media to, to its full extent to expose me to everyone.